Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another enlightening episode of our Biosimilars podcast series. This podcast that bridges the knowledge gap and fosters collaboration between two vital branches of medicine. I'm your host, Gabriella McCarty, and today we're delving into an important topic, the benefit of biosimilars. So our podcast is a unique collaboration between two dynamic groups of advanced practice providers. In GI and hepatology, we have GAP, and representing rheumatology, there's RAP. We believe that by combining our insights and expertise, we can create a powerful platform for learning and growth. So joining me today as our expert guest is someone who needs no introduction, Gwen Cassidy. Gwen's experience, intelligence, and insight make her a true luminary in our field. And she's here to shed light on why biosimilars are transforming the landscape of medicine. Welcome, Gwen. And would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself before we get started? Thank you, Gabriella. And I would argue that you also indeed need no introduction. It's a pleasure to do this with you and to be part of this podcast series. All of the episodes have been so informative thus far, and I think we'll keep that going today. So I'm Gwen Cassidy. I'm a nurse practitioner at Northwestern Medicine. I've been a nurse practitioner in gastroenterology for about nine years, coming on 10. Um, I, I've been with GAP since the beginning, I'm a proud member, proud founding member of GAP, and um, I'm currently the chair of the Professional Development Committee. I'm excited in particular about today's topic. Uh, biosimilars hold immense promise for both rheumatology and gastroenterology. And I'm excited to explore the wide, wide ranging benefits that they bring to the table. Thank you so much. And truly, we're honored to have you. And yeah, Gwen and I have been actually together since the beginning of GAP. Mm -hmm. So we've known each other for quite a few years. Mm -hmm. um, and really, it is an honor. So we're lucky to have you. So without further delay, let's jump right in. Now, I know there are a lot of potential benefits to biosimilars. And before we do a deep dive into things, is there a more general idea that we can start with just to get our toes wet? Sure. I think it's always a good idea to have a warm up. So it's a great question. So there are numerous benefits to biosimilars, but the one central idea that we'll probably spend the majority of time on is cost. Biosimilars can offer significant cost savings compared to their reference biologics. In the United States, for example, a 2022 U.S. Generic and Biosimilars Medicine Saving Report published by the Association for Accessible Medicines found that the average sale price for biosimilars is is less than is 50% less than the reference brand biologic price. Further, competition from biosimilars has reduced the average sale price of their corresponding reference biologic by an average of 25%. So this this is this is driving prices down in two ways basically. And this can lead to real savings for the patient, insurers, our healthcare systems as a whole, which is likely to lead to a whole host of downstream benefits. Well, I'm so glad you mentioned that as it leads to my next question. Can you give our listeners more information on the benefits of biosimilars as they pertain to our patients? Of course. Um, so patients are the most important people to benefit from the biosimilars. 
And that's just such a great place to begin. Um, to start, I think it's best to talk about the direct cost benefit for the patients. Biosimilars are often priced lower than their reference biologics, which can save patients money out of pocket. This can be especially beneficial for patients who are paying for their own medications or who have high deductibles or co-pays. Interestingly, there's a study from the Kaiser Family Foundation that found that patients who switch from the ref reference biologics to a biosimilar product save an average of $6,000 per year. That's not an insignificant amount of money that can improve our patient's life when used, utilized elsewhere. After direct patient costs, which is significant, now we can start talking about downstream benefits. The first of which is increased access to biologic therapies. Biosimilars can help increase access to biologic therapies by making them more affordable. Oftentimes, patients simply can't afford the medication that might be the best to control their disease, and biosimilars may help. I mean, how many times has that happened where you've been unable to prescribe a medication because of the cost? I um, agree, the, quite often. The, right, exactly. It's a huge problem. So the funny thing that, about the downstream benefit is it actually has its own downstream benefit, better disease control, of course. When patients are able to afford their medications, they're more likely to take them as prescribed. Again, how many times have you had a patient say, well, I'm going to take it. I'm going to do my Humira once, once a week and once, you know, as, as half the time I should do it instead of, of the other, you know, instead of the correct prescription because they can't afford it. Um, there's a, there's a study with the journal of arthritis care and research that found that patients with rheumatoid arthritis who switched from the reference biologic to biosimilar had similar rates of disease control. But I think the point I'm trying to make here is that they're more inherent to the treatment and then their treatment is more effective. Lastly, one downstream benefit includes reducing other costs associated with healthcare for patients. When patients have better access to the medications they need, compliance goes up, they're better to control their, they have better control of their disease, and then they're much more less likely to need those significant interventions like hospitalizations, other expensive medical interventions. I, I, don't think that it's a wild concept that uncontrolled immune-mediated inflammatory disease lead to exp expensive repercussions. So it's a huge benefit to our patients who maybe couldn't otherwise access these medications to have a biosimilar option. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that is great information, Gwen. The picture that you painted is optimistic for our patients struggling with access to certain biologic medications. Thanks, Gabriella. I'm certainly optimistic increased options with improved affordability will lead to better outcomes for a sizable amount of patients. Yep. So now from a, a global standpoint, are there potential benefits for our healthcare system as a whole? Absolutely, Gabriella. Biosimilar medications, I think, could play a pivotal role in improving the healthcare system by offering significant benefits in terms of patient access, cost effectiveness, innovation, and sustainability. I think we've touched on the patient aspect component of things, so I'll jump, jump right in, into overall cost effectiveness. In discussing the cost to the healthcare system, it's important to mention that the introduction of biosimilars into the market creates healthy competition. When biosimilars compete with other biosimilars or the reference product, manufacturers are incentivized to price their products more competitively to capture the market share. This competition puts pressure on originator companies to reconsider their pricing strategies, leading to price reductions for both reference products and biosimilars. 
Furthermore, biosimilars may give payers increased negotiation leverage when dealing with drug manufacturers. As biosimilars offer comparable efficacy at lower cost, these entities can negotiate more favorable reimbursement rates with manufacturers, further reducing treatment costs. Yeah, I mean, it seems like healthcare cost savings for the system as a whole could be quite large. I'm really interested in the point you made about innovation. It's one I haven't heard yet. Yeah, this one I find quite interesting. And and some of it's a bit of conjecture, but I I think there's a real possibility to see innovation from drug manufacturers improve greatly. The development of biosimilars requires manufacturers to create a similar process to the complex manufacturing processes of reference biologics. This challenge encourages the development of new and improved manufacturing techniques, leading to innovations in bioprocessing, quality control, and production efficacy. These innovations can have a positive ripple effect on the production of both biosimilars and reference biologics, potentially reducing costs and enhancing the scalability of manufacturing processes down the line. Something else to consider is that as biosimilars enter the market and create competition, manufacturers of the reference biologics may allocate more resources to the research and development efforts. This is driven by the need to differentiate their products from biosimilars and maintain a competitive edge. As a result, there could be increased investment in exploring new therapeutic targets, innovative drug delivery methods, and novel treatment approaches. Wow, those are some really interesting things to think about. I hadn't considered the downstream effects in regards to innovation. You did mention something about sustainability as well, correct? Can you give us a little bit more on that? Oh, sure I can. Well, so we all know the high cost of biologics constrain healthcare budgets over time. By integrating biosimilars into the treatment options, healthcare systems can achieve better financial sustainability The cost savings generated using biosimilars can be redirected to fund other aspects of healthcare, such as expanding access to new treatments, improving healthcare infrastructure, or enhancing patient education, just to name a few. Ultimately, less strain on the healthcare system as a whole may provide funding for other important opportunities. Wow, thank you so much for that incredibly insightful information, Gwen. You really gave myself and our listeners a lot to consider. Next, I wanted to touch a little bit on volume-based versus value-based care, especially how biosimilars could help shift toward the latter. Of course. And to best answer that question, I think it warrants a quick review of volume and value-based care, just so we're all on the same page. Okay, so volume-based care. Healthcare providers are reimbursed based on the quantity of services they deliver. This encourages a focus on providing more services, procedures, treatment, often without a strong emphasis on outcomes or cost effectiveness. This can lead to an overutilization of healthcare services and may not necessarily result in the best patient outcomes. Value-based care, on the other hand, shifts the focus from the quantity of services provided to the quality of patient outcomes achieved. In this model, reimbursement is tied to the value that the healthcare services deliver in terms of improved patient health, reduced hospitalizations, and overall cost savings. And the aim is to provide efficient, effective care that improves the health of patients while minimizing unnecessary treatments and procedures. 
With that fleshed out, biosimilars can offer significant advantages in transitioning from volume-based care to value-based care in a lot of ways that we've talked about already regarding patient and healthcare system benefits. Increased access, market competition, and cost savings all move the needle towards value-based care. Similarly, biosimilars offer a pathway for healthcare systems to transition from a volume-based care approach to a value-based care approach, providing cost-effective high-quality treatment options that align with the goals of improving patient outcomes while controlling the healthcare costs, which I know is a burden to many of us healthcare providers. Yeah, that is true. Um, This has really been such an informative discussion And we'll shift our attention a little bit more to practical aspects and some key take-home messages that emerged from the discussion today. So that said, I'll touch on a few questions. Um, Are there any other benefits of biosimilars or experiences with biosimilars that we haven't touched on that you wanted to discuss? Um, you know, I, I, I think it, 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 there are so many great points we discussed already. I want, I did want to share a story. So the reason I got into um, GI was because I have a family member with Crohn's and um, he was actually one of the first people to have to switch to biosimilars. He, he had, he had, was diagnosed as a kid and there were only a few medications options. And we luckily found one that worked for him. And he was, he, he had, nothing but drama when he turned into an adult regarding getting coverage. He was a young adult, not the most responsible person, um, had a lot of really uh, difficult trouble getting insurance covering all this kind of thing. Um, He ended up getting a huge medical debt. Luckily, he was able to get removed, but he accidentally went to the wrong infusion center and it wasn't covered by insurance. He was stuck with the bill. It was a whole crazy story. And he was one of the first actually where insurance switched him over to a biosimilar. And it honest, I mean, from from a, a you know, not, not just from a clinician, but from a, a, a sibling's point of view, this has been a lifesaver for him. He's really been able to have a lot of flexibility in his care now. Um, he hasn't had any of the trouble getting it covered, anything like that. So I just ha- I have to say, looking from a personal perspective, a personal patient perspective, um, the cost of the f- cost effectiveness is is so critically important to these patients. It can be it really can be a limited limiting factor to care. And um, I, I think it's really important to 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 be considering considering the biosimilars when 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 uh, thinking of your treatment plan. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. I mean, really, it's the cost is is huge, and you know when it comes down to it, insurance kind of decides what they're going to cover, and biosimilars are going to be you know cheaper. So again, what we touched on earlier, like medication will only work if you take it. So, I mean, um, and we have had great response with switching patients. We haven't had any, you know, problems or um, flare-ups or anything like that, luckily. So, yeah. Yes, it's, it's, it works. It works. It's, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a wonderful, uh, a wonderful thing for patients. Yeah. So are there, um, what are the key challenges that you faced when it comes to communicating biosimilar benefits to patients? Well, you know, I think that 
uh, many patients have been told for years and years that once you stop your therapy, it becomes ineffective. And I think patients get very scared when you start to talk about changing therapy, especially maybe those who have had good luck with insurance and have had good luck with medicines that have had um, biologic medicines that have been helping control their disease. So I think it does take that extra minute. And I think that's really a, a, a point where the, the APP community can come in and really help with these patients to take that extra minute to go through so they understand you know the what the 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 that the biosimilar medications are equivalent and and that they are as effective as the current medication that they're taking yeah it is hard sometimes to have that conversation especially when somebody has been in remission and they're doing well um, also important to educate and be transparent with patients so they're not going into the infusion center and getting something new without even knowing it. Um, so that's, you know, transparency is very important and education. Yeah, that's a really sure. good point. That's a really good point. Making under sure they understand precisely what, what, what these medicines are. Yeah. And then lastly, we're going to ask every guest on the series this question because we think it's an important one, and we want to get multiple perspectives, both from GI and rheumatology APPs. What is the most frequent question you get from patients about biosimilars, and how do you answer it? I mean, besides what we just discussed, which is, is it going to work? Um, I think just going through making sure, again, as you were discussing the, the education piece, uh, going through and talking through side effects, um, you know, making sure patients understand the the, re the requirements of them, um, you know, side effects are generally the next, the next question I would get. Yeah. And we always get, you know, will I flare? If I switch, you know, will it work the same? And I always reiterate that we monitor them the same, you know, their labs are going to be the same, like nothing changes. So that's a really good point. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that wraps up another engaging episode of the Gap and Wrap Biosimilar series. We hope that you found our discussion on the benefits of biosimilars as enlightening and thought-provoking as we did. Biosimilars and their use in practice is rapidly evolving. It's up to us to stay informed and to make the best decisions for our patients. So a huge thank you to our amazing guest, Gwen Cassidy, for sharing her expertise and insights with us. Gwen, your dedication to the field is truly inspiring. Thank you, Gabriella. And again, I would absolutely say the same to you um, and about you. I think this is so cool that you're doing this. This was so much fun. It was such a pleasure to contribute to this podcast, collaborating with all of our, you and all of our listeners. Um, I hope everyone it found that today's discussion useful. And I can't wait to hear the rest of the Biosimilar series. All right. So before we sign off, a special thanks to our listeners for tuning in to GAP and RAP Biosimilars podcast series. We appreciate your commitment to staying informed and your dedication to delivering exceptional patient care. I'd also like to say thank you to Pfizer and Amgen because without their continued support of APP education, this podcast would not be possible. So please see our show notes for learning objectives from this episode and fill out our evaluation so that we can receive some feedback. 
Make sure you join us next time as we discuss the practical use of biosimilars and rheumatology APP practice. Remember to follow GAPCAST and RAPCAST so you don't miss an episode. Until next time, take care.